All right, all right. Let's get this first episode off on the road. Let's get it going. Mark Antimate here for Gentlemen's Club Whiskey. Welcome to the very first episode of our audio podcast. I've got videos up on YouTube that you guys can delve into at any time. Uh, Whiskey Distillery Visits, as well as a whole slew of Japanese whiskey reviews. Eventually that'll change and that will include scotches as well as bourbons and things of that nature. Canadian whiskey, the whole spectrum. But being as I'm in Japan, my whole focus currently right now is just on Japanese whiskey. I'm going through trying to taste and experience as many unique and distinctive Japanese whiskeys as possible while I'm here and I can take advantage of the fact that although it's still very expensive, the price is so much more cheaper for me to do it here than to try to attempt to do this back home stateside. And also back home in the States, uh, the selection is just not all there. I mean, you have the popular ones, you have all the popular Suntories and the Nikas and uh, maybe like a few Ichiros and things of that nature, but Uh, You're pretty much cut off from the Japanese whiskey world as it's not all being exported out uh, across the globe. Most of it is just Japan only, and the only place you can experience it is here. So that's my goal. That's what I'm trying to do. And uh, I guess I'll stop doing that once I feel like I've accomplished and (laughs) I guess essentially tried it all. Uh, Before we get deeply started inside of today's episode, first very controversial episode is going to be, they're not all going to be that way, but this one in particular, just the the topic that I got going for today. Before we get into that, I want to give my brand new book a plug released in uh, summer of 2020, 50 Japanese whiskeys tasted in Japan. It's a 190-page book with uh, 92 full-color image pages inside of the interior. I took over 90% of the photographs myself, and I'm, I'm trying to think of how much I want to change that to where every single image is my own. There's some that just the distillers could get better photos than I can. Like uh, I have an honorary distillery inside of the back of the book. It's uh, Cavalon from Taiwan. Because aside from Japan, Cavalon uh, is pretty much the only uh, whiskey out there in East Asia. So I, I gave it a little a little feature in the back of the book. It's not part of the core 50 Japanese whiskeys, but I gave some of their whiskey and the distillery a spotlight. Why did I bring that up again? Oh yeah. Uh, so the photograph, they, they gave me a photograph of their distillery because I have never gone to Taiwan before and let alone if, yeah, I just, I just don't have a photograph of their distillery, but I needed it to include with my feature and write up on their distillery. So I reached out to them and they got back to me with these press images. And even if I did go there and took some pictures, I don't think they could ever 
be as good as the one that they gave me. It's just, the quality is just tremendous. So, uh, I think it's 92 full page color images inside of the book. Uh, that raised the price of the book tremendously. If I would have just did it in black and white and just did the reviews with no pictures, then it would be a little bit closer to, I mean, it still wouldn't be close to what Jim Murray's doing. His his writing is just completely different from mine, but it would be more akin to that in the sense that there would be no pictures and it would just be just very text-heavy. My book is very, is a 50-50 balance of text and images, and uh, the photographs themselves help to make the book, uh, so to speak. So that's one of the main reasons why you're buying it. Uh, Jim Moray's book would never live up to mine in that aspect that he would never have beautiful uh, pictures as beautiful as the ones that I've taken that are included within the pages of my book. And if he does have photographs in there, trust me, they are, they are not the same. Uh, majority of the images, like I said, over 90% of the images, I've taken the pictures of myself of not only the whiskey bottles, but of all the bars that I visited and of the whiskey distilleries that I visited. I believe he would just be licensing just press images from companies and things of that. So that makes my book uh, unique in that it's, I can't say it's wholly mine uh, because I did license like maybe, uh, not license, but I got, I got uh, gifted about maybe two, possibly three, but I think about two images that are not my own. And uh, maybe in the future, I'll, I'll replace those uh, with my own. We'll see. But anyways, 50 Japanese whiskeys. It's a beautiful book. Uh, this is going to be a great leeway into today's episode. Everybody's canceling this guy, Jim Murray, uh, based on what one whiskey writer and ex-editor and deputy editor I uh, had to say about him, she said that this guy is sexist. And so, uh, essentially, she put up her, her little postings on social media, garnering attention on Facebook and Twitter and all that. And uh, she canceled this guy with, with feminists all around the world and within the whiskey industry and things of that nature. And so, listen... Uh, if you're not buying this guy's book anymore, uh, why don't you just go ahead and buy mine? Uh, because by comparison, my book does not have any of the things that his book has in it. It's just a completely different book. But uh, aside from that fact, it's just there is no sexism featured in my book. It's about whiskey through and through. So make sure you get my book. I think you guys would be pleasantly surprised with it. And uh, I think it'll make for a good purchase for you. Uh, especially to all you collectors out there, you rich guys. I know you guys are spending like $1,000, $2,000 on, on individual bottles and things of that nature. If you can afford that, you can definitely afford this book at about 40, 40 US bucks. 
or however much I'm charging for it. I think it's 40 US bucks. Um, yeah, you can definitely uh, afford this, this hardcover. You need the hardcover if you're a whiskey collector. It got to sit up on your shelf uh, inside inside of your cages, your glass cages in which you have all your whiskey on display. It needs to be at the very top of that cage within the center of the cage to help balance off everything. You got your expensive whiskeys. You need your expensive collector's whiskey book to be in part of that collection. That's what I wanted to say. So anyways, I gave my book the plug at the very beginning of the episode. Uh, It's been selling very well. I'm doing all this off of my back. Uh, I published the book myself under my own imprint, Mark Ant. Mark Antimate Press. Uh, not only did I take all the images in the book, I did all of the reviews. Uh, I did any type of graphic design, all of the graphics, and I've even went so far as to make the uh, the cover and the layout and everything. The book is wholly my own. Uh, there's some other Japanese, uh, some other foreign written books about Japanese whiskey out there that have like I mean I I don't want to really throw the names out there uh, but you you guys will find out about them quite quickly especially if you read my book because I review those books within my book but uh there's like some of these books out there that have um uh that have a forward by uh some author And then the core of the book would be written by somebody. And then all of the reviews would be done by a different person, different uh, aside from the author who's not the author. And all the images would be coming from one place in which the author did not take. My book is wholly original in that it comes from me and it it is my vision. I'm giving you guys the, the Steve Jobs experience of what I think a whiskey book should be. You don't know what you want until you get your hands on it. And I'm showing you that this is the way it should be done. All right, all right. Uh, Really now, I I think I've plugged my book enough now. Must have spoken on that for about a good four minutes. Today's topic is, uh, what am I gonna call this? I'm gonna call it similar to the YouTube video that I've previously put out. Uh, The title of this one is going to be called Is the Whiskey Bible's Writer Jim Murray Really Sexist? And uh, let me go ahead and get on this. I I just want to shoot on this topic one more time. I had already shot on it on YouTube, but this is for all my podcasters out there. And I'm imagining it's a complete new and different audience, right? Um... So I want to have a serious conversation about this. I'm I'm I was conflicted about it. I'm not so much conflicted about it anymore. And at first I was on the left side and then I was sitting in the middle and now I'm just did a full 180 and I'm sitting on the right. So story goes like this. In the whiskey world in the 2021 edition of Jim Murray's Whiskey Bible book there are 34 or at least 34 references to whiskey being uh, 
being sexy and uh, comparing drinking whiskey to having sex with women. Whiskey writer Becky Paskin, who on Earth, these 34 references, says that author Jim Murray is a sexist for objectifying women with quotes like these. Quote number one. If this was a woman, I'd want to make love to it every night and in the morning and afternoon. If I could find the time and energy, uh, unquote. So this is talking about Pender and Selt. And uh, here's quote number two about Pender and Single Cask. This celebrates maltiness in the same way a sex addict revels in a threesome, unquote. Uh, here's one about Canadian Club Chronicles, Water of Windsor. Uh, quote number three. Have I had this much fun with a sexy 41-year-old Canadian before? Well, yes, I have. But it was a few years back now, and it wasn't a whiskey. Was the fun we had better? Probably not. Unquote. Uh, number four. This is for the Glen Merengue Artisan Cask. Quote number four. If whiskey could be sexed, this would be a woman. Every time I encounter Merengue Artisan, it pops up with a new look, a different perfume, and mood. It appears not to be able to make up its mind. But does it know how to pout, seduce, and win your heart? Oh, yes. Where are we at? This is... uh. Quote number five, I think there's more, but this, yeah, here's here's number five. This is for the Glen Farkless, ah, I always get so tongue-tied saying this one. Glen Farkless Family Cask. All right, quote number five. The malt for the woman of your life, first to enjoy her, to seduce and or be seduced by, and then to share together. So, after... I found out about this. I pretty much got got wind of this um, sexism whole scandal. It's not really a scandal. This whole fiasco thing, uh, essentially from the word go. Somebody had forwarded the story to me, and I had read it, and I was following it from two hours after Becky Paskin had origi- originally started complaining about this. And um, that weekend of that same week that this thing came out, I was on Becky Paskin's side and uh, I started talking about it with my best friend here in in Japan. Uh, I was having dinner with my friend David Gregory and uh, I got into a heated debate with him over dinner over this situation. And uh, I told him I support Becky's decision to not support Murray's book. And um, I won't support it because I simply I don't want to read about his sex capades or sexual fantasies. This is the reason uh, why it's a turn off to me. Um, but yeah, I thought it was uh, a bit sexist. And I just want to read about whiskey. Uh, even before this topic blew up, uh, I never supported Murray for other reasons, which which I will mention now. Uh, he named Ardbeg 
the best whiskey in the world two years consecutively, previously in 2008 and 2009. I was told Murray worked for Ardbeg at one point selecting cask, and if you're on that distillery's payroll doing that, and then name it the best whiskey in the world, uh, that's a conflict of interest. And that's even bigger news and a real uh, hashtag whiskey gate more than what this cancel culture is. Because as a whiskey reviewer, it means he's a jeopardized writer with no integrity who knows uh, uh, who knows how much he he's been paid over the years for possible high marks and uh, remarks. This is why I don't and uh, won't support Murray. But this, the new, the new topic, this new topic had added fuel to that fire. But uh, going back to the dinner that I had with my friend, I told him the story, and my uh, my friend had said to me, uh, "This doesn't." He he just said, "How how are these things that he said sexist?" And I retorted, "Well, because such and such and such and such." And he replies back to me, and he says, "These comments only prove he's heterosexual, not that he's sexist." And uh, I mean, he really tripped me up there. I I didn't know how to how to reply. I was trying to say this is sexist because such and such and. Uh, all I can say, all right, so my friend told me that I, I went to sleep that night uh, thinking about it, and I woke up the very next day, and I had a complete change of heart, and I found myself, even as much as I hate Jim Murray, I found myself switching sides, and then I became on the defense for him. In the, in the name of fairness and playing devil's advocate. And uh, when I really got down to it and I started thinking about it. Um, when I really started thinking about it. I don't find that it's sexist as all. That is sexist at all. I just find it to be vulgar. And. You can not want to buy his book for that reason, but to send out the cancel culture squad to do a hit on this guy. Because you don't like the vulgar things he said. And you want to misinterpret it and relabel it as being sexist and objectifying to women. I I kind of think it's wrong and I don't agree with it. Uh, the definition of sexist. Characterized by or showing prejudice, stereotyping, or discrimination, typically against women on the basis of sex. So is he prejudiced against women? No. By mentioning that he likes women, it is actually showing favoritism towards women, but not prejudice against. And uh, is it stereotyping women? Well, one can say that having a sexual preference of women is is stereotyping. Is it discriminating or objectifying against women? No. Let's say any sexual analogy or story he tells is not just that, but they really happened. 
if these women consensually and willingly participated in these sexual experiences with Mr. Murray, how can it be discriminatory or objectifying? Uh, then my friend said to me over dinner on that Saturday night, he said, well, what if Mr. Murray was gay and was referring to men in all of these comments? Uh, would Becky still be making the same argument? What if he were bisexual and all-inclusive? What would she say then? And I couldn't really argue or refute his points. The most I can say is just, it makes him sound like a monger by talking about multiple private sexual experiences and encounters publicly, and it's vulgar at worst, but I have to bring down the gavel. It is not sexist or objectifying. I must mention that this is kind of an attack on free speech. When Becky says, this period has period to period stop period unquote it does sound like a call to action to galvanize people and boycott him taking food out of someone's mouth this way really isn't right listen i really don't like this guy but to punish someone for utilizing their right to freedom of the press is not the way i won't buy his book based on my own convictions but I'm not going to tell you not to. Soon we'll be living in a totalitarian world like in the uh, the movie V for Vendetta. I, I just watched that the other night. And uh, there will be no more of that free speech and free thought. And everything will be linear without deviation. And yes, I, I think he's sick, but the book stays. Uh, the closing argument. Uh, in his defense, yeah, I just, I just don't see him as being sexist. I'm, I have no closing arguments. I, I said what I had to say. But uh, check this out. That's that's just part one. So now that I've talked about him and what she thinks about him and how she thinks he's sexist for saying the things that he said. Uh, listen to this unearthing of a criticism against Becky Paskin, the critic of Jim Murray. This one came out and uh, the media and the whiskey industry is trying to pretend like they've never read this or they've never heard this. And they're sweeping it underneath the rug as if it does not exist. But it really exists. So this is where things get really interesting. It turns out uh, that Becky Paskin herself, the whiskey critic of Jim Murray, is a hypocrite. There is this uh, newspaper out there. It's like the New York Times of London. Coincidentally, it's called The Times. And uh, there was an article in there by Mark Horth. And it, was, it came out on Monday, September 28th. 2020. The title of this article is called Woke uh, Whiskey Critic Accused of Hypocrisy. And uh, there's a picture inside of this newspaper clipping. You can also read it online, but you need a subscription to the uh, to the Times. 
And the picture caption reads, The Whiskey Bible Guidebook was called sexist, as the Times reported last week. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and read this whole article for you guys so you know what's up. And you can make a determination yourself after that fact. And also, I'll put my two cents in about this whole hypocrisy thing after the fact, which I, I agree it is hypocrisy on her side. But let me just get into it. So it reads, where am I? I lost my place here. It says, with its bitter taste that stays on the palate for days, the road that is causing ructions in the world of whiskey has taken another twist. Jim Murray's best-selling whiskey Bible guidebook has been subject to a wave of criticism over the past week for the use of lascivious language to describe drams. When the writer Becky Paskin first registered her disapproval on social media, it snowballed fast into a wider soul searching about sexism within the industry. As several distilleries and distributors began heeding Paskin's call to shun Murray's annual, a fevered debate began about freedom of expression and the extent of cancel culture. Now, though, it seems that the tables may be turning in this tale of 21st century sensibilities clashing with one of the most traditional of all Scotland's cultures. Paskin, who described herself last week as a, quote, proud champion of equality and diversity in the industry I love, unquote, has had her own track record as a self-confessed uh, quote, woke, unquote, writer put under the microscope, particularly con concerning her time as editor and deputy editor of a series of trade magazines between 2011 and last year. Sorry, I'm going to have a quick drink real quick. I do have some whiskey on deck. Uh, to, sitting to the left of me, I have the Hakushu single malt whiskey. I'm drinking the No Age Statement. I've had this one for about three or four years and I've only finished 40% of the bottle. All right, anyways, getting back on this. Among the products she chose to highlight in the spirits business were a German whiskey that had been, quote, poured over the breast of a naked model before bottling, unquote, and a brand of gin, quote, handing out pink roses and kisses to the ladies, unquote. In the magazine Big Hospitality in 2011, she plugged the reopening of the Playboy Club in London, quoting the desire of its founder Hugh Hefner to share, quote, the concept of good food and drink and pretty girls, unquote. In 2013, at the Spirits Business, as Playboy launched its own brand spirit, she wrote, quote, The face of vodka is set to adopt a set of bunny ears, unquote. In another issue, she ran an interview with uh, Salvatore Calabrese, a Playboy Club bartender who told her, quote, Your drink needs to be like a beautiful woman. It must look great, smell incredible, and taste divine. 
a beautiful woman can turn heads when she walks into a bar and you want your drink to do that too, unquote. The passage is reminiscent of one by Murray, 62, that Paskin branded, quote, disgusting last week. Uh, describing Glenn Merengue artisan cast, the acclaimed critic wrote, If whiskey could be sex, this would be a woman. Every time I encounter Merengue artisan, it pops up with a new look, a different perfume, and mood. It appears not to be able to make up its mind, but does it know how to pout, seduce, and win your heart? Oh yes, unquote. Among the other 33 references to sex that Paskin found offensive in the Whiskey Bible was a pean to Canadian Club Chronicles, Water of Windsor, which read, quote, Have I had this much fun with a sexy 41-year-old Canadian before? Well, yes, I have. But it was a few years back now, and it wasn't a whiskey. Was the fun we had better? Probably not. Unquote. Glenn Merengue is among the brands, also including the global giant Beam Suntory and the Scotch Whiskey Association, to have distanced themselves from the Whiskey Bible. Last night, Dominic uh, Rosgrow, the editor-in-chief of Whiskey Quarterly, claimed there were distinct parallels in the past output of Paskin and Murray. He said, quote, the Calabrese comments on garnishes are almost exactly the same as Jim Murray's comments. And I thought the vodka poured over a woman's breast was a joke, but it seems not. That's appalling and regurgitating the information is gratuitous, uh, bordering on titillation. Not every press release needs to be published. Not every quote needs to be included. And an editor has the discretion over picture selection and headlines. Unquote. Rossgrove called on both writers and whiskey companies themselves to honestly reflect on the way they had presented whiskey in the past in an attempt to find common ground for new industry standards. He added, quote, Some of the responses in the past week have been. Uh, super silly, I can't get this word out, super, super silious, patronizing, and ultimately pointless. Most of us agree that the attitude towards women is unacceptable. So what are we going to do about it? Unquote. Murray says he is a sensualist, not a sexist, and told the Herald on Sunday he would not apologize to the woke brigade. Paskin was asked to comment, and that ends the article. So, this shows the double standard, and it brings the question that Becky Paskin had, she had solicited and allowed language like Jim Murray's to go unchecked 
and be published within the pages of magazines that she was the editor and the deputy editor for when she had the power to stop it then, she did not. And why does she want to stop it now? Well, I have one reason, uh, one, one theory. If you go to Instagram and uh, you type in R Whiskey, I'm doing it now live as as uh, as I'm doing this podcast. Hold on. What am I thinking? I just typed in the wrong thing. I typed in R Love. It's supposed to be typing in R Whiskey. Okay. So if you go to their Instagram, they have about 4,000 followers at the time of me doing this. Uh, it might jump up and be different at the time that you look at it. And that's that's neither here nor there. Our whiskeys has the little uh, the little bio underneath it, underneath the title, and it says "Celebrating Diversity, Championing Inclusion, Recognizing the Hashtag Modern Face of Whiskey." So. She made this, I don't know what to call it. In, it's like a new business venture blog type of sort of thing being uh, headed by Becky Paskin. And it's all about inclusion in the whiskey industry. And I didn't really think women were really being objectified in the whiskey industry or Anyways, let's let's believe that everything that she says is true and <sighs> So she she put out this this project. I, I don't know what this is. It's a project, it's a blog, it's a website. I don't know what it is, but it's it's in support of inclusion mostly of women into the whiskey, whiskey industry. I don't think there was really any gatekeepers keeping them out in the first place, but Let's let's give her the benefit of the doubt and say that there were. So it's this whole page is set up for inclusion of women. And uh, the the page or this project came out uh, a little bit before uh, she put Murray on blast. And I think putting a guy like Jim Murray on blast is a good way to call attention to yourself out of the controversy and put a spotlight on this side project that you were doing. I mean, if you're making something in women's defense and it's against the sexist man and all that, all that stuff and uh, you need a champion and Becky Paskin is the champion and you need a your uh, your hero is only as good as as the villain that she's fighting, and she needed a good villain, and it was just the right time to call out Jim Murray and turn him into the villain, even though he's been writing in this style for uh, the past uh, twenty years almost. It, it this these words that he said never seemed to be a big problem any other time within the last twenty years, but. As soon as she launches this Our Whiskey Project, then the things that he has to say 
seem to be problematic for her for some reason. I think through controversy, uh, she's drawing attention to herself and it garnered a lot of attention for her. The article that I had just read from the Times, <laughs> aside from me and, and another brother that I know, Man, I've, and, the, and the writer himself, I feel like we might be the only three people in the world that know about that damn article. Nobody's talking about it. That article will never be trending. But uh, her attack, her hit out on Jim Murray is, is the talk of the town. And they're calling it hashtag Whiskey Gate. And it's a big scandal and all that stuff. <sighs> this is... This Jim Murray thing is the biggest news in the whiskey world this year. And it really shouldn't be because it's not it's not news at all. I feel so betrayed because I supported this woman. You know, from the word go, when I when I read what she had to say and I was buying into it and she hyped me up to believe that this guy is really an asshole and all kinds of such and such and I'm ready to to fight physically or metaphorically or whatever in her honor and defend her yeah cancel this asshole this this guy doesn't need a platform man how wrong was I to even if he did say something sexist I mean we can't just tell the publisher to not carry his book what what am I trying to say here? If you want to cancel the guy, cancel him with your wallet. Let your money do the talking and don't buy any of his products and he'll fill it in his in his pocket. But you cannot ask somebody in well at least in the free world when it comes to the United States and UK and uh, similar countries you cannot take away somebody's freedom of speech just because you don't like what they're saying. The next thing you know, well, I mean, they've already been trying to do this this year, these, these, these feminists. They've been trying to cancel all comedians and uh, take away their power to be funny. I mean, those, those guys are the last defense of free speech that we have in the world, really. I mean, and you're, they're trying to cancel... Dave Chappelle and Bill Burr and uh, man, uh, my man who who died uh, about a good nine years ago. What's his name? Uh, Patricia O'Neill. That guy was one of the funniest comedians ever, but he was like he was on it and these feminists hated him. And he spoke so he was so well spoken that they had no. They really couldn't attack this guy the way that they wanted to uh, because he was he was ready for him. And he knew what they were trying to do, but, and he never let them. And he always came out on top, no matter who tried to uh, debate him. I mean, he, he had the better words, but man, they're, I mean, they're just canceling everything now. Everything will be canceled. And like I said earlier in this podcast, we're just going to be on some totalitarian type stuff and there won't be any more comedians. There won't. Be no more freedom of speech. We're just ha 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 laughing at the exact same thing because we are told to laugh. It's not funny. It's just we're told to laugh on cue when we're told to believe 
everything that feminists will tell us and even if it's a lie just i feel like freedoms are being taken away i i just don't like it at all well i'm probably getting myself at some big deep doo-doo with this one um this is the very first episode of gentlemen's club whiskey and uh Unless something else new comes out of this, this will be the only time that I speak on uh, this controversial topic, on such a controversial topic. Because more or less, all I do is I just simply talk about whiskey. That's it. But she turned this into the news of this year, so I feel like I have to speak on it. I mean, I would be doing a disservice to the listeners and to everybody out there to, to not talk about it. This is like she wants us to talk about it. That's why she brought it up. So, But uh, what she doesn't want is for us to disagree with her. I think she wants for everybody to only see things her way. And uh, she wants this guy's voice taken away and she just wants him canceled. And I don't like it. She, Yes, she is a hypocrite. Whew. Man, what a topic. What a topic. Uh, that's pretty much all I have to say about it. I I think I've spoken on it long enough. But if you feel some kind of way about Jim Murray and you don't like this guy, you don't want to support his book, like I said at the beginning of this episode, I got a great book out now. Just go ahead and support that. Support that. Buy my book. There is no sexism, no sexcapades, no vulgarities really inside of my book it's just whiskey through and through how can you not love it even if you're illiterate and you can't read just look at the pictures man you'll enjoy that uh maybe more than reading his book and out of curiosity after i canceled murray in my mind and i supported her and then i went back to uh defending murray's murray's freedom of speech out of curiosity i I looked at his book. I um, uh, what is it? I I looked at the uh, 2017 version of the Whiskey Bible uh, to see what it's all about and to see what it's like. Yeah, yeah. Forget about all the sexist stuff. His his book is a little bit light in places for me. Yeah, sure. He has like what four thousand something whiskey in uh um trying to get the word out of my mouth he has like something like four thousand whiskey entrants or reviews i I don't know what i'm trying to say in inside of his book he speaks about four thousand whiskeys and uh the talk about four thousand whiskeys and fit it in the confines of however many pages the book is i mean the print would have to be, the font would have to be extremely small. But if you see how it gets around it, I mean, you open up the pages and you look at it. I mean, some of these reviews is like, it's like what, one word, one sentence. Hey, you, I feel cheated. I would feel cheated if I, if I bought that. I mean, he, he puts a whiskey score for the nosing and the palate and uh, there was something else in there like the overall score. I can't remember but he put some scores 
uh, for the whiskey in different categories. And it's just a total of three scores, I believe. And then he writes something after the scores that's very brief. And from the brief writing that he writes, I mean, you can't get about anything out of that. Uh, Each one of my whiskey review entries is roughly about 300 words. And uh, that's my review. And then after 300 words, then I have a little section in which I do the nosing and the palate and the finish. And I write about the ABV and what distillery it comes from and the price and how many milliliters. That's in addition to the 300 uh, words that I've written. So I got a lot more detail inside of my book than definitely what he has inside of his. And I mean, if you want to cancel this guy and replace him with me, I mean, go right ahead and do it. I, I want you to. Uh, but yeah. Anyways, that's the story. That's the story, and I'm sticking to it. All right, let me have one more sip of this Hakushu single malt whiskey, and and I'm out of here. 45 minutes speaking. I'm, I think I'm about done. I'm just rambling at this point in time. Even my uh, YouTube videos that I do, I find myself doing the same thing. Once I make it to the end of my videos and the end of the review, I'm pretty much just talking my head off. Uh, at that point in time so and I always close out with the same thing I say oh I'm just rambling now let me go ahead and close out this video so let me say I'm just rambling now let me go ahead and close off this podcast Uh, it's been a good first episode gentlemen's club whiskey Mark Antimate get the book 50 Japanese whiskeys salute to you wherever you may be out in the world make sure that you drink responsibly And as always, gentlemen, you know what to do. Keep it classy.